It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to the Buckeye Breakdown Podcast. Buckeyes now on Sports Illustrated with our continuing coverage of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Tonight, a 59-7 win and an impressive win at that over the Akron Zips. They took care of business in a game that looked almost normal. It was really close to being normal, but certainly much closer than what we've seen the last couple of weeks. I'm Brendan Gulick with Andrew Lind uh, on a night where fans had a whole lot of reasons to be happy. Um, but perhaps we start with the biggest storylines that uh, are leaving some fans maybe scratching their heads a little bit mm-hmm. and, and some others uh, wondering why the slow start. Um, if you had it on your bingo card at home that Akron was going to lead 7 nothing midway through the first quarter, it probably didn't leave a great taste in your mouth. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Uh, I, I don't think it's crazy to say that you know, Kyle McCord probably felt a, a whole bunch of adrenaline pumping through his veins in that first series. He needed to just bring the heart rate down a little bit and, and, and let the speed of the game come to him, as Ryan Day said it after the game. Um, but once he did, the offense certainly looked like it got into a much better rhythm. Yeah, and I think that that's something that, you know, a first-time starter is going to deal with. You know, everything's just flying around, you know, and you're not really used to the speed of the game in that situation. There's 100,000 people out here. You know, he played in in Philadelphia. You probably only have, you know, maybe 10,000 people at a game at the most. So, you know, to then sit there and and, and be in that situation. And, and it really, I think that he he performed well once he he kind of got everything, you know, settled a little bit. So. Well, and he had such a great running attack. I mean, you know, right from the first play from scrimmage, Travion Henderson runs for 12 yards up the middle. And um, as a true freshman quarterback, by the way, with a true freshman running back mm-hmm. next to him, first time in program history that's ever happened uh, to start a game. Um, you know, it certainly gives you a, a chance to exhale. And I thought that in successive series, Kyle McCord, you know, uh, the, the playbook got a little bit more diverse, a little more creative. But early on, it was a lot of shorter, quicker throws to just get the ball out of his hand and, and try to let somebody else make a play. You know, those his first career touchdown pass was a shovel pass to Olave. Yeah, yeah. What was practically a handoff, but ends up being a touchdown pass. Uh, I liked the play calling in that regard. Yeah, I did too. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things, like you said, you know, to get the ball out of his hands quickly, just get him used to throwing the ball. And I know a couple of them were high. And I know I kind of sat on the sidelines like, wait a second, this is kind of the same thing with that we've had with CJ that, you know, people have kind of not been a really big fan of. But at the same time, you know, it's, he's, he's got to get his nerves under him. And then once he did, you know, it, they, and, and really, I thought that, you know, they could have just run uh, Travion the whole the whole game and still won this game by 30 if they if they really wanted to just, you know, that's the the, the talent level difference that they have between Ohio State and Akron. But at the same time, like it was nice to see him get, you know, everything underneath of him and, and be able to make those throws. Let's talk about the offensive line. Uh, I thought they had a, a solid game. I thought Akron pretty much only brought pressure when it was clear that they were bringing, you know, more pass rushers than the Buckeyes had blockers. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they didn't seem to have too many, you know, one-on-one battle wins, which I think in a lot of ways we expected, but you still have to go out there and actually execute it. You know, Ohio State does have uh, a couple of younger, or I should say maybe better uh, inexperienced offensive linemen. 
Um, you know, Matthew Jones just hasn't seen a lot of snaps, but I thought he played well tonight. Uh, and, and obviously Paris Johnson is starting to come into his own a little bit. Mm -hmm. You've got Dewan Jones, who continues to look really good at right tackle. Um, probably a, another good reason for Kyle McCord to walk away from this game feeling good about, you know, the, the, the chemistry that he had with the guys up front. Yeah, and I kind of talked about, you know, just the talent level difference. And I think that games like these, it's it's very easy for Ohio State to say, you know, we're just going to focus on ourselves. And if we do what we're supposed to do, then the game is going to go the way it's supposed to and the way we expect it to. So, you know, for them to go out there and, and just execute plays, especially on defense where, you know, they struggled with just being in the right place and, and you know, uh, just tackling and those kind of things like to really focus on those things individually and say you know we're going to get better at these and we're just going to improve upon them ourselves versus you know necessarily having to worry about what the opponent's going to do because it, it really plays into your hands Kyle McCord finished the game 13 of 18 for a total of 319 yards two touchdowns he did throw an interception on that first drive of the third quarter um but I, I like the way that Ryan Day once McCord's heart rate came down a bit I like the way that he gave McCord a chance to let it rip a little bit. Um, the sequence that most stands out to me that might feel a little bit irrelevant in the grand scheme of things, um, but but I thought was noticeable, it was the very end of that first half when Ohio State was using timeouts, forcing Akron to punt from basically their own goal line with the intention of, hey, let's get the ball back and see if we can do something with it. I think Ohio State had 14 seconds or something like that when they got it back. And one play, Kyle just throws a bomb up the right-hand side of the field and finds, if I remember correctly, I think it was Garrett Wilson. And, and you know, that added three points. The next play, Ohio State kicks a field goal. Those are the kinds of things that, you know, maybe Ohio State hasn't done quite well enough the mm -hmm. first three games of the year. But today, they're, they're just there was a fluidity and a, and a rhythm to the offense you know it's got that big play capability, but I, I just I liked that aggressive mentality, even with a young quarterback. Yeah, and you know it really builds his confidence too. So if you're ever in a situation like that, like obviously we don't know, you know who's going to be the starter next week, we, how CJ's shoulder, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, if if you're going to take him on the road and you're going to have him as your starter next week at Rutgers, like you're going to need that. You're going to need somebody who's willing to push the ball down the field and has that confidence in himself to to be able to move the ball, and especially in, in situations where, I mean, 14 seconds is not a lot of time, but at the same time, like, if you feel confident in your quarterback and you say, okay, we're going to go down and we're going to get points off of this, like, that's a very important thing. And I know Kyle went into to halftime very happy with that, and, you know, that's why they went to, to Jack Miller in the third quarter because they were obviously happy with what, with what Kyle was doing. And, you know, that like I said, that's only going to build more confidence for him. Do we have a quarterback controversy? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't know that Ryan Day will ever say that, but at the same time, like I think that there has to be some kind of consideration with, especially if you're going to say, okay, well, you know, I, I think that that that's honestly something he probably wanted to avoid, you know, and that's why he hasn't given in to, you know, when I even asked him a couple a couple weeks ago at a press conference, like, did you ever put, you know, consideration into putting another quarterback in when when CJ is struggling and. You know, he's going to say, no, I want him to go through those things. Like, I want him to learn because he's our quarterback. But at the same time, like, if, if he's not fully healthy or if you feel like the offense is going to click better with, with Kyle, like, you know, and there, were, there was evidence today that it might actually click better with Kyle. So is Ryan Day going to come out and say that there, there is a, a quarterback controversy? I don't think so, but it's definitely something that we, we should consider. I, I think um, I agree with a lot of that. 
sentiment. The, the, the one thing I want to be too careful of here is just overreacting to watching Kyle tear up an Akron defense that yeah. has not been good this year. Say it is Akron. They've only won yeah. two games in the last three years. So they, they, they are a growing young program. Admittedly, I think DJ Irons is actually pretty mm -hmm. darn good. I think their really offensive line has, has really struggled this year, and their defensive line gets no pressure uh, with any sort of consistency. You know, I mean, Ohio State, here's a great number for you. Ohio State, through the first three games of the year, against Minnesota, Oregon, and Tulsa. The the defense, not just the defensive line, the defense for the Buckeyes in general had four sacks and 11 tackles for loss total in three games. They had nine sacks and 12 tackles for loss tonight. I mean, it, it, was, it was total domination uh, throughout the game. And frankly, we saw some really good young offensive mm -hmm. linemen uh, Tyleek Williams looked great. JTT got a, a start tonight. I thought Jack Sawyer played well. He got his first career sack. Um, a, a very encouraging night defensively for the Buckeyes, and we'll talk more about that in a second. But um, I, I guess I just don't want to overreact to what we saw from Ohio State based on the opponent. And instead, I thought what Ryan Day said postgame makes a lot of sense. When you go back and look at the film with Kyle McCord, figure out were they – for lack of a better way to say it, were they garbage yards? And he had some of those where maybe you throw a short pass and then a guy takes off. Mm -hmm. Or was it, no, that was, it was a great read. It was good anticipation, good ball placement, whatever it might be, where you're expecting that high-level play from your quarterback and, and can project that moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would agree with that. And I think there was one specific play. Um, it was a pass to Jackson Smith and Jigba where he threw it kind of, it wasn't necessarily behind him, but it was in a place that only he could catch the ball. And I think that those are kind of the things that he's going to be judged upon and not necessarily like you said, it's Akron. They won 59 to seven. So it's not as if, you know, you're going to sit there and say, oh, well, he's leading the offense to score after score after score, because, you know, would he have necessarily done that against Oregon, whose defense was tremendously better than than Akron? I mean, that, that's obviously not the case, but. At the same time, it's it's kind of what I mentioned earlier about the you know judging against themselves and and playing within themselves. And when you're sitting there and you're saying, okay, let's take away the defense in this situation. Did he put the ball in the right spot? You know, is he leading his receivers how he's supposed to? Is he raising the you know just the play of the team in general? And I think that that's something that once you do sit there and you watch the film versus watching a game live, that's where you know you're going to see those differences. Just a couple of other offensive numbers to share with you: the Buckeyes, 622 yards of total offense. But these two numbers jumped off the page at me. 10.2 yards per play, and they had 21.4 yards per completed pass. I mean, that is unbelievably good, and I have to think that that's got to be close to a school record if it isn't a school record. Um, we'll take a little, little digging to figure that out, but we'll see if we can get that information to you at some point. You know, everybody knows the big play nature of this offense. I don't think anybody's really surprised by that at this point. Um, but it was nice to see that maybe for the first time in four games, you know, it didn't really matter who was out there. Even in the, you know, the the latter stages of this game, when Jack Miller was playing quarterback and Master T got a couple of rushing touchdowns, um, Donovan Jackson got in the game on the offensive line. Great to see that. You know, we saw some of the young tight ends. We saw Mecca Ekbuka make an unbelievable play, and he almost scored. Um, Marvin Harrison got in the game. And just th there was there was a real feel for some of the young blood and, and the young talent on this team um, that I think 
you know, generates an excitable feeling. I mean, certainly yeah. promising and, and reason to think that this could be um, a really, really good offense going forward. Yeah, and to, the, to that point, you know, you kind of mentioned the defense too, and I think that that was something that we saw a little bit different today was just the youth in there between JTT, you know, um, Tyleek Williams, Jack Sawyer. Like, it seems like they, and I mentioned this last week as well, they're so young that they're not overthinking things. And I think that that's something that defense did a, a lot in the first three games of the season, which is kind of, you know, maybe you get in your head a little too much, you're in the wrong spot, you start thinking, and then all of a sudden it just kind of snowballs from there. And I think there's a difference with these guys because they're just so young and they just want to make a play. Like, they don't care about, you know, how to do it. It's just a matter of, I want to get to the quarterback. And you really see that with Tyleek. And I think that, you know, Haskell kind of said it today too, but I mean, that kid is going to be good. Oh man. So, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, him obviously refining his technique, the more he works with Larry Johnson and all that, you know, it's like I said, he's just, he's going to be good. All right. So defensively, uh, the Buckeyes defensive starters were somewhat predictable. Couple of changes. Uh, the defensive line tonight, at least at the outset, Zach Harrison and uh, and JT Tuimoloau were the starting defensive ends with Haskell Garrett, who had a great night, and Antoine Jackson, who I thought also played really well uh, on the interior of the line. Cody Simon and Taraja Mitchell were the starting linebackers. So Tommy Eichenberg, who had had started each of the first three games of the year last week, did not have a tackle. Tommy did not start tonight, but he did get a, a decent bit of playing time. I thought Cody and Taraja both played really good football. Obviously, Cody Simon had a great interception. Um, and then the defensive backs was a bit interesting. Um, you know, seven banks, I thought there were times tonight that seven didn't look very good. And and I'm interested to go back and watch the film on that because I, I think he's a lot better than what he showed early in the game. But he and Denzel Burke were the starting corners. Ronnie Hickman had another terrific game, including a pick six, but even beyond just the interception. Um Cam Martinez, who had a pick six last week, got a start. And Bryson Shaw has continued to look a little bit better, uh, promising there, especially after losing Josh Proctor a couple weeks ago. You know, that was your starting 11 for the Silver mm -hmm. Bullets. They they didn't come out maybe quite the way you wanted to early on and left some of the 95,000 folks that were here groaning a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but as the game progressed, the pressure ratcheted up. The coverage was tight. I thought they did a pretty good job of keeping DJ Irons from just, you know, running rampant um, when clearly his skill set is, you know, the ability to extend plays. Uh, you know, all in all, I, I think a lot of reasons to be happy about the way the defense played. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't want to put too much emphasis on, you know, one single game, but between last week and, well, this week and last week, so it's two games. But, you know, I've, I've been really impressed with DJ Irons. I think that, you know, he has – he has a lot of the tools needed to to succeed at the quarterback position, and you know I think that you know once they get into Mac play, like he he could he could tear it up. So you know there was moments tonight that you know once he got running, and you know it looked like maybe he was a Big Ten type of quarterback, you know. So, um, but yeah, you know when you're talking about kind of settling into roles and and finding out who is your your starters along the defense, you know Ronnie Hickman continues to impress. I know a lot of people didn't even think that he was probably a a starter coming into this year, but you know, he has two interceptions, the, the, the interception today. And then the, the touchdown, like I, I was expecting him, to, at least from my point of view on the sidelines, like I thought he was just going to light the kid up. And then yeah. the next thing I know he has the ball in his hands and he's going the other way. So <laughs> I think it surprised him. Yeah. Like I'd just say, kind of landed in him. You know, it's just kind of one of those things, like the more they get, you know, Cameron Martinez is another kid who I think that, you know, is going to have an impact in that defense as well. So it's just a matter of, you know, still continuing to find those pieces and, you know, obviously it helps that, you know, the next two weeks, 
Rutgers did obviously play a lot better at Michigan today, and you know I think that they're on the right on the the right track under Greg Schiano. But you know you expect Ohio State to go in; they're probably going to be a massive favorite next week as well. So you know, just building upon those things, um, you know Rutgers doesn't necessarily have a um, an offense that turns the ball over a lot, so maybe there's not those kind of things. But you just got to be you know very fundamentally sound, and I think if Ohio State continues to do those things, they're only going to improve. From my perspective, this was the kind of game the Buckeyes needed to have early in the year. I don't really care what the final score of the game was going to be. Um, it was about execution. They threw up 600 yards of offense. They had a defensive score. They forced a couple turnovers. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they really got after it on the defensive line. And I think I've been more annoyed by that than anything else these first three games. This defensive line just hasn't done what we're mm -hmm. so used to seeing and, and maybe even took for granted a little bit. Um, I'm not sure that there's a – a Chase Young or a Joey Bosa or a Nick Bosa on this unit right now today. But I think we've seen some instances where some of these guys are, are showing, you know, an advanced skill set. Remember Tyreek Smith didn't play today. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Teron Vincent was out. Javante Jean Baptiste was out. Yeah. I mean, this is, this was definitely a younger defensive line um, with the exception of Zach Harrison returning, but I, you know, and obviously Haskell Garrett, but, I just I really liked what I saw from them up front. And if nothing else, it, it's just a game for some confidence for those guys to feel like, OK, things aren't quite as bad as maybe, you know, uh, they they were led to believe. I, I, I'm sure they didn't think they were bad over in, in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. But there were a lot of us in the media and a lot of fans saying, hey, gee, this isn't so good right now on the defensive line. Um tonight should do a huge huge boost for their confidence yeah and to your point about there not being you know maybe a joey or a nick bosa or a chase young i think a lot of that has to do with if you look back to 2018 you know um nick went out uh had the core injury and then and chase was kind of thrown into the fire as the number one defensive end and you know there was there was times where he struggled too like he wasn't the you know a top five pick chase young so it's kind of growing into those things and i think that that's something that we're going to continue to see from jtt uh, jack sawyer you know and 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 honestly like everybody kind of had those expectations for zach harrison but i think that he's he he would be the first to admit that when he came to ohio state he was still raw you know and i think that that's something he's still continuing to grow as a player and you know he's not necessarily a first round pick next year in the draft but at the same time like if he continues to take steps forward maybe a, you know two years from now we're talking about that so it's just kind of one of those things they're still still pretty young still relatively inexperienced at those positions and you know they're only going to get better as the season goes on let's wrap up tonight with uh the big story that everybody's talking about and unfortunately we just don't have a ton more information to share with you because the buckeyes are being as you would expect pretty tight-lipped on this um ryan day i mean it was the very first question he was asked post game what's going on with Kayvon pope is he still on the team what happened down on the field um the the best answer to all of that stuff that I can give you is that at some point uh, in the second quarter when Ohio State had a 28 to 7 lead they looked like they were bringing a certain personnel package out onto the field and the coaching staff either changed the play or changed the grouping whatever and decided not to bring out that package Kayvon Pope who's you know sounds like he's been a little disgruntled uh He's a fourth-year senior, and he hasn't seen the field a whole lot. Um, he was supposed to be coming on, and then that grouping got pulled back off, and Taraja Mitchell had waved him off. 
And I mean, it must have just been the straw that broke the camel's back because he snapped and he he threw a temper tantrum that looked like a five year old on the sideline. Um, you know, it, it was it was not pretty. Um, Ryan Day and Al Washington both had a fairly heated, you know, exchange with Kayvon. Uh, and at one point, I mean, Ryan Day essentially like kind of like flung his finger as if to say, get out of here. Um, I don't think Ryan Day, I mean, I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but it it didn't appear that Ryan was like, you know, you're kicked off the team kind of thing. But Kayvon took his gloves off and he chucked him into the stands and he was pulling his jersey off and he was he was acting in a way that was not uh, not particularly amicable. Um, Javante Jean-Baptiste tried to calm him down. Cameron Babb tried to calm him down. Al Washington tried to calm him down. He wasn't having it. And eventually, C.J. Barnett took him back to the locker room. Um, I don't know if we've seen the last of Kayvon Pope or not. I kind of have to think that, you know, based on the couple of tweets he sent out, one of which he's deleted, mm -hmm. uh, have to think that he's not going to return. You know, Ryan Day just wouldn't talk about it. Obviously, that's the the big storyline that everybody is talking about coming out of this game. Um which had a final score of 52 point difference that, you know, everybody expected. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nobody expected a, a second linebacker this week with Dallas Gant entering the transfer portal. I don't think anybody expected a linebacker to, to do what, uh, what Kayvon did today. Yeah. And I mean, you don't really expect anybody to do that. I know there was a couple years ago, I, I believe a, a guy for either the Miami dolphins or the Buffalo bills or Kent Vontae Davis, maybe, you know, did something very similar where he basically retired at halftime. And it was just like, you know, wow, wow you, you put so much time and effort into things and cave specifically, you know, he's been here for three and a half years, you know, been waiting his time, regardless of what goes on beyond behind the scenes, which we obviously don't know about. And I think that that's a very important part of it is like, you know, from what I've been told, you know, that he's been disgruntled for several years now about his lack of playing time. So it's not one of those things where this is just all of a sudden a thing, you know, they, he, he and um, some family members voiced some some uh, unhappiness following Minnesota when he didn't play beyond special teams. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things like when you get to Akron, you know, maybe I understand it at, at, at one point. You know, you sat here and you say to yourself, I've been playing for three years. I've been waiting my turn. And Dallas was in a very similar situation. Obviously, he didn't go on the field and throw his jersey and, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, he kind of took a, a different route and he's no longer here. But, you know, it's, it's just an unfortunate situation to sit there and say, like, you know, we don't know all the details. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I wish Kayvon the best. And, you know, I hope that Ohio State is able to and Ryan Day is able to have a conversation with him and say, you know, air out whatever the issue is and, and move forward from it however they need to do that. Yeah, I I guess I just have a hard time envisioning, you know, a way that he is still here. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's going to become an official thing where the school would say that he is not yeah. playing anymore. Um, he made it sound like on social media that he was, mm -hmm. you know, heading out. Um, Again, I, I don't I don't know Kayvon particularly well, so I'm I'm going to reserve judgment in that regard. Uh, he obviously did not act the way you should act, uh, and if if that's the way he goes out guns blazing, then yeah. you know that's. I think the social media part of it is is the part that kind of takes it over the top, if you will, because it's one thing to be in the heat of the moment and say like I'm frustrated by whatever the situation is. Maybe he thought he was going to get more playing time. Maybe he thought he was going to be a starter going into this year because we know, you know, all of us have talked about all offseason that they've had to replace four starters, you know, and then they kind of switched to, or um, 
Well, they did they they did play four linebackers for a good amount of games last year, and then to go back to two this year, you know, and just kind of have a a different defensive front, you know, that that has to be frustrating for him. But at the same time, you know, there's a way to act on the field. There's a way to act in public and those kind of things. And I don't think that he did that. You know, maybe you can you can let that go. Um, but then, you know, you go on social media and you say what you, what he said, like that, that's kind of a different story. And that's, that's really hard to come back from. I don't think there is coming back from yeah, it. That's yeah. just my guess. But say the uh, tunnel up the, the tunnel up to the locker room might've been the tunnel to the transfer portal. If we're, <laughs> if we're being honest. Yeah. Yep. That's for sure. So we'll keep an eye on that story throughout the course of the week. If there's uh, if there's news to share with you, we will certainly do that. Um, but that was maybe just the, the one dark cloud that hovered over an otherwise really good night. You know, C.J. Stroud gets the night off because he's trying to nurse his sore shoulder. And, uh, you know, you got a, got a really good glimpse of what Kyle McCord is capable of. And you certainly saw a little bit of Jack Miller there toward the end of the game. Um, I think it's also fair to point out that it, at some points, Akron wasn't playing with their starters either. And so, you know, there are probably certain plays, certain stats that are going to get blown up a little bit because the talent gap on the field, you know, widened. Um but, you know, all in all, this was the kind of game Ohio State really desperately needed. And uh, we've got plenty to talk about this week coming up because uh, now it's back into the Big Ten where even though Ohio State has stubbed its toe in week two against Oregon, they are undefeated in Big Ten play. They've got a Rutgers team right off the bat that gave them kind of an annoying game last year mm -hmm. that never really felt like they were in danger of losing, but it was far from a comfortable win. And then the Buckeyes got to play a Maryland team that seems to have a pretty good offense, but you know, uh, total team package might still be uh, a work in progress. Um, and then finally, going to have a bye and and can assess sort of going forward, you know, with the Indianas and Penn States and Michigan States and Michigans of the world to to kind of wrap up the season. Um, but a, a good step forward in the right direction tonight for the Buckeyes. Uh, and I think Ohio State fans can take a deep breath because they probably saw something tonight that looked a whole lot more like what the Ohio State football team has put out the last couple of years. Any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it just to me, you know, when they put together a defensive effort like that, it's something to build upon. And, you know, we've we've definitely torn them apart, you know, at the seams with, with certain things. And I think that, you know, if you can put together an effort like that against that team that, you know, it's, it's not a great team, but they definitely have a, a couple pieces offensively, particularly a quarterback and wide receiver that can give you a couple problems. And, you know, maybe on the first drive they did and people were kind of groaning a little bit in the stands and all that. But, you know, to then buckle down and, and, and really put together a great defensive effort after that is, is something to build upon. So, you know, it's, it's definitely a place to move forward. 59 unanswered points. Certainly good work from the Buckeyes in that regard. For Andrew Lind, I'm Brendan Gulick. Hope you'll uh, join us again here real soon, either on our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to our content there. We've got plenty on social media as well and uh, all the latest you need on BuckeyesNow.com. We'll see you real soon. Ohio State, our instant analysis tonight from a Buckeye win, 59-7 to over Akron.